Hello, Dre. Hello, Peter. How the heck are you? I'm fantastic. Just fantastic. Yes. Could you say you're maybe even a little mellow? Because I'm tired. Because you're tired? Would you say you're mellow gold? <laughs> that was not funny. No, it was a terrible joke. Because this week we're talking about the 1994 studio album by Beck called Mellow Gold. Like Mellow Yellow. Well, apparently the original title for the album was going to be Cold Ass Fashion. Okay. Uh, which was also the name of a song that Beck had written earlier. But instead, he decided to name it after a strain of marijuana. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like me- Mellow Yellow better, though. <laughs> yes, but Mellow Yellow probably doesn't have much to do with pot. So. But it tastes good. Tell me what you knew about Beck before coming into this album. None of the stuff we said last time because I've forgotten it all. Beck was a weird dude back in the 90s. That's what I remember. That's, and every that's time about I think it. of a song, it's not his because my my associations are incorrect in my head. Wait, wait, no, wait, I'm wait. not telling you what song it is. No, no, I want to know this. I, I need to know this. What is this song that you thought was Beck but is not Beck? Oh, this is awful. Don't you dare. <laughs> really? I don't know why those two are associated so tightly in my head. <laughs> that, you know, there are plenty of tracks that would not have surprised me if you had said, that is not one of them. But for the sake of your privacy, I will not say what it is. <laughs> and I don't know why, because at the moment that it pops into my head, I'm like, that's not Beck. But whenever I hear Beck, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Interesting. Anyway, so this this album is the first major label album that Beck released. The material on it was kind of written over several years prior. There is a lot there is a lot of different stuff coming into play on this album. So if you start looking at Beck at this album go for and going forward, this is actually probably the most scattershot of all of his albums buried in these very strange soundscapes you see a lot of influences from very disparate sources there's some blues stuff hidden in there there's country stuff sitting in there there's some middle eastern music hidden in there there's some heavy metal and stoner rock somewhere in there there's some rap and r&b hidden in there speaking of which the, the lead single and probably one of Beck's most well-known tracks, Loser, I am led to believe, actually originated from Beck trying to imitate Chuck D. Not the, not the <laughs> lyrical context, just the style. I'm going to have to go listen to it again now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably way more entertaining than it already is. But that track in particular... Like they like they got it written and recorded in something like six and a half hours, which as far as starting a track basically from scratch, that's like nothing. 
apart from some overdubs, like some months later, it was basically complete in that amount of time. I guess that's why I felt like this was so experimental. Well, first, let, let me go back to a little bit of my history with it. This is an album I had on very heavy rotation, basically <laughs> from the time I got it for years afterward. That's because you're weird. That's a lot of this works anyway. Okay. Now, I can remember where I got it. I bought this at a pawn shop because, you know, at the time, mid-90s, pawn shops all had CDs all over the damn place. I still have that exact disc in my possession, and I know it is because it's got my initials written on it because at some point during high school, I used to carry, like, all of my CDs with me in this gigantic-ass CD binder. And I had written my initials on every single CD. This, this is, serious. is a this big is deal album for me. Okay. And I will try not I, to hurt it too much. No, you can think whatever you like about it. I promise <laughs> your opinion of Beck does not invalidate our relationship. But now I'm, I'm expecting to hear you lay some downers. I wouldn't call them downers. I just made a lot of observations. Okay, observations. The words that popped up the most often as I listened to this album was experimental mm -hmm. and drunk. Experimental and drunk. Okay. Yeah, because it was like it, when it started, it went with like a a catchy tune, then something that sounded like it was drug out, mm -hmm. slowed down. Okay, so Loser is the lead track as well mm -hmm. as the lead single. And then you have Pay No Mind, which they have right. Snoozer. That couldn't be more accurate because it sounds like he's drunk. And okay. then the next one, it jumps back up again. I call that one Bluesy Rock. And then it goes drunk again. Mm -hmm. And Whiskey Clone Hotel City said 90 cents. And then it goes back drunk again. Then it wakes up and then it's sleepy again. And then it punctual, as I called it. And then it ends sleepy with that weird ending. That's mm -hmm. what I got. This like woo 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 woo. woo it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, with a lot of dips. Okay. Yeah, I even called this a collection of gems from a period of time. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that popped in my head as I listened to this. Just weird stuff. There is a lot of absurdity built into the lyrics, but I think if you if you, and this is actually not something I I've really paid much attention to when I was younger as far as the actual lyrical content and what, if it might actually mean anything, or if it's just words strung together. And I think I may have been paying him short shrift in regard, in that respect for a long time, because, you know, when you're a teenager, you, teenager, you're not necessarily thinking about what does this mean? You're just like, yeah, this is funny or this is absurd or <laughs> yeah, fuck the man, whatever. So like, if, if you start with loser for several years prior to this album being recorded beck was basically homeless musician kind of guys who just showed up at coffee shops to play because he didn't really have anything else to do yeah that guy. He, yeah just like in new york city you know no job no house no nothing and he'd show up at these places to play and they'd be the kind of places where nobody's paying attention to the guy playing and I think what I what I read was something along the lines of he felt like the only way to get anybody's attention was to be absurd and self-deprecating. And that's kind of where where the story of how Loser gets put together 
starts. So it starts to make a little more sense to me in that respect. Not necessarily that the words themselves mean that much, but you can, but there's an influence. If you go to the next track, if you go to Pay No Mind, when I was younger, I didn't see it. This last week listening to this way too many times, I'm like, okay, clearly (laughs) Pay No Mind is about the music industry. You don't even have to listen that hard to pick that up. Oh, of on. all the of all the tracks, this this is the this is the one that seems most deliberately unpolished and like lo-fi. It got less and less drunk as we went along. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that I called drunk. Mm-hmm. That was like the first oh hey, slow. When we get to fucking with my head. Mm-hmm. I call that one the bluesy rock. Yeah, it, it is kind of a bluesy rock kind of track, and it is totally a love song. What he's saying is, okay, I'm I'm going to pretend not to care too much about you right now. But if we ever get together, you're going to see how fucked up this relationship is going to get me. And that's romantic? Not overtly. Okay, more like pining. More like pining. How's that? Uh, okay. I, d- I don't want to romanticize it too much. Whiskey clone, I don't think it necessarily has a point. I think it's just there to be atmospheric. <laughs> Uh, soul sucking jerk is your basic take this job and shove it kind of song, mm-hmm. only more entertaining. So yeah, that well, one was fun. Yeah, yeah see, that, totally fun. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. When you get to truck driving neighbors downstairs, when I came back to this, I was thinking, okay, whose perspective is he actually singing this from? The person upstairs, right? You know, that's the obvious choice, but for some reason, I kept coming back to, well, maybe this is the person one of the people downstairs and they're reflecting on what other what they think other people think about them that's so much thought i know and it turned out that was too much thought because (laughs) doing some reading on on this turns out that this was actually inspired by a real argument from his real neighbors downstairs and it went on like 40 minutes do they get royalties i don't think so there has to be a contract somewhere. That's crazy. I'll skip a few here, but and then we get to Steal My Way Home, which is like kind of Steal My Body Home. I'm sorry, which is like kind of atonal and drony. Mm-hmm. But then but then you get to the end and it's got this kazoo line and it's beautiful. I love it. I wrote it down. I was like, I that's love the kazoo. I love the kazoo. <laughs> and Nightmare it's Hippie cute. Girl, which is... It's clearly about someone he's met, or at least a type of person that he he personally knows. Maybe I was thinking a little too hard about this, but I still really enjoy this. You've had lots of thoughts. I had lots of thoughts. And maybe this is not going to be put back into permanent rotation, but maybe again someday. (laughs) If you you hear his, his... the stuff after this, you know, he's certainly matured as a songwriter and as a musician, but all the seeds are right here. And then if you if you manage to listen to the very end and you get past Black Hole and you hear that hidden track at the end of the CD. Analog Odyssey. Yes. Which I think it, maybe it's just a bunch of noises that he made on his synth that sounded interesting but it really kind of sums up the entire album. Weird. A little bit. And I but think in, that it was fitting. But it'll keep your attention. 
I have too many things going on. Okay, rating. Mm, rating. You go first. No, no, no. You're the guest. You have to go first. Uh, Look, I never get I... the last word anywhere else in my life, so I've got to take it where I can get it. Anyway, I will give this one a big old six. A big old six. Because you just mm-hmm. you can't bring yourself to care all that much, but you still enjoyed parts of it. Exactly. If it comes on, I am not going to pay attention. I might kind of grew a little bit because I caught a lot of this jams, just jams, mm-hmm. fun jams, collection of jams, sleepy jam, drunk jam. These was all jams. But... <laughs> sleepy jam, drunk jam, drug jam. Okay, I like this. <laughs> was was yeah. there a favorite track, like a specific track? I like Sweet Sunshine. That one got the fun jam, grungy blues. Mm-hmm. And I liked Loser and Fuck With My Head. Those are my top three. I'm with that. Yeah. Was was there one that you're just like, don't don't ever play this again? That weird ending. That's about it. I can do without the weird ending. Okay. Even though it fits. As far as my uh, my rating, I think I kind of buried the lead right up front, where I said this was on heavy rotation throughout so much of my teens. Right. If I were if I were rating this as me back then, I'd probably say this is like a nine with a heart and a star. How many emojis do we get to 10? <laughs> Peter right now says this is an eight because I do think this is a great album. And if you're if you're looking to to get into understanding what, what Beck is, this is still a very good place to start. Even if it's not nearly as polished as the things that will come later. Yeah, that was another thing. This was the Beck that I know, the like what I would think of. It's in that that sphere. You know, because even by the time you get to Odile, which is his next album, this is the album that got people's attention. Odile is the one that like pushed him into the next level. Especially since with that album, he had more resources to, you know, hire more musicians, get better production crew, spend more time polishing his craft. But you got the more raw than the more polished. But yeah, this in particular, more raw and still a lot of fun. Now, do you want to hear what's coming next? I sure will. And I'm going to write it down this time. Hey, Google, give me a number between one and 2,102. Here's a random number, 2008. 2008. Was that a good year? I don't remember that far back anymore. I have no idea. Probably not. So number 2008 is a compilation album. It is Stone Free, which is a tribute to Jimi Hendrix. Oh, gosh. Okay. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you.